Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hey, Houston, you're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. All right, let's let's uh, go at a quicker pace through these because Joe's mad at us. Let's put together our list, though, of who we want. Like Brandon Drury, do we want to add him, yes or no? And, like, this is just guys that can help you. I think I'm willing to eliminate him, honestly. I was going to say, if, really it, if it's a this or that, if I can get better than him, then I'm going to say no. No, just like, would you be cool with trading for him? Like, I, I think I want to. I think I want to delete Jury and add Hunter Renfro. Okay, can we do that? Sure. Could you hold that, Joe? Yeah. Okay, let's add Hunter Renfro. Carlos Estevez. We good on him? Nah. Well, I'm a yes. I'm a big. Oh, yes that's on the him. big kid that can throw hard. The closer. Yeah, 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 I'm in. Chris Davinsky, yeah, yeah. Yes or no? Like again, this, sure. these guys are going to help you. Guys sure. are going to help you. Short term. Okay. Matt Moore, lefty reliever, really good. Sub two ERA. No. What? D- Dusty and his lefties will say yes. M- Moore's got a sub two ERA back to back years. I know. But I just, and he's right? lefty. Yeah, this I year know. he's got a 195 ERA. Oh, well, then for sure. There's just something about it that I just don't buy it. Okay. Well, I can't you get outvoted. Eduardo Rodriguez. Now, good pitcher, no. but $18 million next year, 16 the year after, 15 after that. $49 million next three years. My answer is no. I'm going to say the yes. Contract. I'm going to say yes because the contract actually goes down. I'm going to say yes because I want a little bit of name value here. Uh, <laughs> former Astro Jose Cisnero. No. No. Okay. I can, li- I can live Who? with no. Again. Right. Who? Former Again, Astro right. great. Scott Barlow, the reliever for the Royals. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Okay, we'll add him to this. All right, here are the new guys. These are the White Sox, which there's a lot of these. Andrew Benatendi. Let's say the White no. Sox want to get out of his contract. No, 28 no, years no. old. Okay. I put the him on here for the conversation. Alone says no. He's got a 716 OPS. This year has not been very good. He's I mean, very average for lots of money. What was that, a five-year deal he signed? He, the, yeah, so he's got this year and four more. So oh, yes. no. 17, 17, 17, 15. Out. 7, 16 OPS. Very, very mid for lots of money. Yeah, out. No. I'm out on him. Lucas Giolito. Yes. 28-year-old. sure. 345 ERA, 422 in his career, up and down. Can sixth, I ask an insensitive seventh, question? 11th place Cy Young finishes in his career. There's upside there. Final year of his deal. Can I ask an insensitive question? Sure. Are you worried about him getting divorced in the middle of the season? No, I think it's good. I think he needs to change the scenario. Uh, in Houston with all the hotties, yeah. he's going to be fine. Yeah. He needs a change of scenery. All right, so Lucas Giolito makes our list. Lance Lynn. What's he got left on his deal? Giolito? No, Lynn. Lynn. All right, so listen. Lynn, 36 years old, righty. He's got a plus six ERA. He's had a few solid starts coming off the seven shutout inning, one hit performance. Struck out 11 Blue Jays. He's got $18 million on his deal next year, but it's a club option. So, Luke. Lance Lynn's a rental. rental. No one's picking up that club option. Lance Lynn in his sub six and sub waistline, it would be a rental. He's a yes for me. He's a he's a no for me. He's, he's a, a no for me, dog. He's a he's a if you're right close up to the deadline and you haven't been able to do anything else, but you still seem like you need a guy. I just remember him even in the playoffs. It, it wasn't intimidation it, it, intimidating at all to see him on the mound against the Astros. No matter what he did in the regular season, I just, I always thought he was beatable because he he relies on his fastball too much and his fastball sits a lot. I'm, I'll say no. Yes, 
I didn't want to put him on this list. Fine. I'm so happy Lance Lynn didn't make it. All right, Michael Kopech, 27-year-old. get rid of him? 408 ERA, 377 his career, solid stuff, walks a lot, injured list right now with shoulder tightness, has two years of club control left. Uh, I think more interested in a project for Miller and Murphy that he's actually helping a playoff drive. Yeah, there, there are reports out that he's not one of the guys that the White Sox are wanting to keep. It depends on price again because I don't know what I got to give up to get him because I know he was highly touted coming up in their system. Always depends on price. But I completely agree with you. I don't think I, I say no because I don't think you're getting anything out of him this year. Yeah, that's an no. off-season move for now. It's a no. Yeah. I think it's an off-season move too. I think it's more of a project than helping the uh, the playoff drive. Kendall Graveman. Yeah. Righty, two ninety three ERA this year, solid as we know. He's owed eight million dollars next year. Love, the only thing about Graveman loves is this team, this locker room, fit well when he was here. I'll take him. I don't think he did like it here. I don't know if he loved it. I thought he said he did. He said he loved the people in the locker room, even when he said he was leaving. He I said, think he's kind of soft and didn't like getting booed. My stance on it, That's maybe, over. maybe I think I don't think he disliked Houston. I don't think he liked it as much as Seattle, which is my stance on it. Like I don't think he disliked Houston. I, I feel like he. Like Seattle Yeah, more. the quotes that I heard was like, they accepted me, and, and it was easy to fit in, and these guys win, and they're, they're good dudes. I, I think I'm in on him, and I think that he would fit back in. Yeah, I, I just think he likes Seattle more, but I would, I would take Graveman back in a heartbeat. Reynaldo Lopez, 29 years old. He's a lefty, expiring contract, bad ERA, 474. But after a disastrous April, he's been 281 since. He's lefty. Has always been a high-promise pitcher, never reached his, poten- uh, his potential. Fallback option for me, but an upgrade over what's currently your last spot on the staff. I think I'm out. I think I'm out. Out on Lopez yeah. in on Lopez. I think I'd be in. He's interesting in that his stuff is really, really good, and he's left-handed. I think he's low-cost. Do you think that they could get him dialed in for this year? I think, well, he's been, he's been good since April. 281 ERA since April. So he's been, he's, he's been in good form. He's been pitching well. And this is, again, a very, very fallback option. This, this is probably, you know, 15, 16, 17th guy I'm calling about. But if you strike out with a bunch of other relievers, Lopez helps this team. Yeah. I mean, it's a later resort. If you feel like he can go in and do you have the confidence, you personally, if you say, hey, this is who I'm going to, to get me out of a jam or get three outs when I absolutely need them. Down the stretch and in the playoffs? I don't, not in the seventh inning, but maybe in the fifth. Maybe See, against a tough lefty to get out of an inning. You so want that, Ronaldo Lopez or Ronaldo Blanco? That's prob- like, he can help you. See, Blanco's he can stuff help you. to me is so intriguing because it's it, the changeup is, is just like a, a lost tool that he doesn't use enough. And I believe his fastball is good enough. And I believe that his breaking pitches can be. I'd rather work with what I have than take. To, to go out and give up something else to get someone like that. Lopez or Brandon Belek? Lopez. Like, it, it adds some depth to your pitching staff. See, I don't, but I don't think Belek, and you and I have talked about this, I don't think Belek has the stuff that Blanco does. That was the uh, the Southsiders in Chicago. Let's go to the Northsiders in Chicago. Well, there's everybody. Cody Bellinger, 27 years old, $12 million mutual option next year. His OPS, 846 this season. Yep. It's a perfect fit for this team. It's just the whole dynamic of what happens in the locker room. It's going to make people mad. It, yeah, it, it, the fans aren't going to like it, but if, nope. the, if the players and Dusty do... He's the perfect option because of the versatility and all the positions that he plays. The numbers are good this year. He's on a prove-it deal. He's trying to prove that he's worth another big deal. Yeah, aside from all the the BS on the side, as just a player, absolutely. The only player that I think would have a real problem, his opinion does not matter. Bregman? Because Lance McCullers is basically not on this team. Yeah, he's not. Kyle Hendricks. 
33 years old, righty, 304 ERA, pitches to contact, low strikeout, low walk guy, coming off an injury, but he's off to a good start since the injury. Has not pitched well in the previous two years, but is pitching well this year. $16 million club option next year, so you're not married to him. He's a junk guy. Everything's like, you know, he doesn't touch 90 with anything. Absolutely, because he's better than what you have for this year. For the rest of this season, an experienced season veteran pitcher that knows how to pitch, better than Belak, better than Blanco, better than other options, yes. I'm oh, in yeah. on Hendricks. I'm not touching that club option next year. Right, oh. absolutely, because that's the best. That's the thing you got me on. If I could just walk away at the end mm-hmm. of this season, I'm good. But see, I actually, I kind of like the flexibility sure. with a guy like that because, you know, they'll they don't they know about Luis Garcia, like they know the truth about Lance McCullers. So like that's two huge question marks going into next year. So like We've having got, a guy to where like you at least have that option to sure. keep him if he pitches really but well down the stretch, he's a playoff history, uh, hero. After all the injuries he's had, or Keedy, you just don't know if you can trust him either. Right now, I maybe maybe I shouldn't dismiss the club option for next year completely. That's what my first thought was yeah. maybe he's happy here and you work something else. And out. if he's a playoff hero, everybody happy to have him back sure. for another year. And the Great, final dude. cubby, Marcus Stroman. I really like him, uh, and his ex- he's expiring too, right? He's got a player option for $21 million. He won't gonna, take that. Yeah, he's probably done after this year. He's probably a rental. I think he helps you. I'd say yes. All right. We're all in agreement with the Cubs. Cubs have three guys we like. Bellinger, Stroman, Hendricks. Here are a few Oakland single A's. I mean, Buckle up. Like Oakland single A's. Ryan Noda. Left-handed hitter. Doesn't hit for much average. Gets on base a ton. 784 OPS. He's primarily a first baseman. He's played a lot of left field the last two years in the minors, so he gives you options out there. To me, he's a platoon lefty. He's not a starter, but he's he's replacing Bly Madras. Again, it depends on price. But if you can, you know, if you get him cheap, he's and he's a and he, he's an insurance policy that strengthens your bench. Sure, yeah, I'm fine. Seth Brown, 37 year old lefty, club control through 27, horrible year. He's been hurt, hasn't played a lot, but a 787 career OPS against righties. Same thing. He's replacing Bly Madras. No, the injury concerns with all the injury. No, I'll say no. I think I'm a no, too. All right, J.P. Sears, 27-year-old left-handed pitcher, club control through 29, which can be an issue. He's 1-6 this year. 1-6. He's the ace. But he has a 388 ERA. <laughs> See, that's He's 1-6 with a 388 ERA. I kind of like him. I think that I'd be in on that, too. What's interesting about Sears, too, is he gives you rotation depth, and then if he doesn't make the playoff rotation, he's your lefty out of the bullpen. Yeah, which, and he has and bullpen experience. It, so yeah. Sam Mole, 31-year-old Lugie, only a left-handed guy, probably a one-hitter guy. A 501 ERA, though, but good against lefties, 5.76 OPS against. Probably as a last resort. I'm probably no. out on yeah. Mole yeah, myself. I, think, I, I'm, I lean out. Let me hit you a couple more Pirates before Tony we wrap Kemp. it up a little bit later. Tony Kemp's hitting under 200. I know. Tony, Tony, I, tried, I tried to put both of them on this list. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. G-Man Choi from Pittsburgh, 32-year-old lefty. Trash can First base DH only, 44 at-bats this year. He's recovering from a left Achilles strain. He's back, but had a left Achilles strain. He can't hit lefties. He's terrible against lefties. He's Martin Maldonado against lefties, but an 805 career OPS against righties. Bly Madris replacement, G-Man Choi. No. Because the, the trash can. He pissed me off you, when you're, he was, you're he was cool. gloating into the Astros' faces, pulling his little plastic trash can out in the dugout when they were beating the Astros. He can kiss all of my ass, but you're cool. A you're cool, Bellinger. Ring. You're cool, Bellinger, though. If the, if I said <laughs> if the locker room was cool, Bellinger, yes. But G Man Choi to me is out. I, you're not even asking like the locker dude. room. I don't like that dude. <laughs> okay, so no G Man Choi from Blankers. I'm a, I think I'm a no. I don't think he's really. 
Okay. All right. David Bedner, final one for the Pirates, and then we'll get the rest of them later. 28-year-old righty. He's the Pirates' closer. He's got a 127 ERA. Now, he's under club control through 26, so that makes him expensive. How much? And I also don't think Pittsburgh would move him. I think he'd be significant. I don't, I'm not even sure Pittsburgh would move him. I well, think it would cost a lot. Uh, I mean, his club control is cheap. Okay. He hasn't signed a free agency deal yet. So I mean, probably- I'd love to have him. I, I just don't know. It just seems to me like you're going to have to give up a lot to get him. Yeah, I don't think he's even going to be on the market. Yeah, that's probably like one of the most expensive guys you've named so far. Yeah, when you That's talk, not a starting pitcher. Yeah. Plus, when you talk about the fact they're finally starting to right the ship a little bit, they got some young, talented players on their roster now that are going to be exciting, that fans are going to get behind, that are going to be around for a while. I think that... He's probably going to stay put. There's a name you haven't said that I'm surprised. Well, maybe I haven't gotten to that team. No, from the Pirates. Okay, who is it? What about Kutch? McCutcheon. He, well, the reason I didn't put McCutcheon on there is because he's scoffing at any any reports that he's getting traded. Like, there was a rumor out on Twitter Man. that he was getting traded, and McCutcheon quote tweeted and goes, I'm not moving. Damn. Is that part of his deal, or is that just like a verbal? I don't know if he has a no trade or not. He's hitting 268 this year. He's also... He's also right-handed. Like I, I think know. he's just I think he's just one of the like aside from name value, Hunter McCutcheon, the player right now is what you already have. He's just one of those guys and that McCutcheon. I've always loved. Yeah, but the thing is, is he can play outfield. I don't think he can play center anymore. I don't. Not he's well. mostly been a DH this year. Yeah, Milwaukee. He was playing left. I don't think he hits enough anymore. Well, he's, he's got a good year. He's had an eight hundred eight OPS. A really good year. Yeah, I mean, it's it, like a swan it, song. Was it a one year deal? Yeah, I think it was. A I think it deal. was a one-year deal, like a homecoming thing. Whether he calls it quits after this year or not, I don't know why he'd call it quits if he's hitting like that. Yeah, it was that. five million one year. Oh God, pick that up. I'll take him. You want McCutcheon? I think I would take a flyer on McCutcheon. Okay, Where are you this, playing okay, him? But think about, but Jeremy, think about it. He's better than Jolks. I don't know if he is. With the numbers you just gave me, I think he is. This year has been an anomaly, though. Like you take his last two years. Last year was a two thirty-seven hitter, seven hundred OPS. Two years before that, two twenty-two hitter, seven seventy. All OPS. I need him is for three months. And, 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 you think, you and, say he's way better than Jokes right I'm now? I'm not saying way better, but he's know. better. He's got playoff experience. He's a seasoned veteran. And, and, again, he's hitting in that lineup. You put him in the middle of the Astros lineup, put him anywhere, in the, not in the middle, but anywhere in the Astros lineup, and I think his numbers have a chance to even go up. I'll, I'll take a flyer on a, one, a remaining of a $5 million one-year deal. I just don't know how he's playing. I just don't know how he's playing. He's playing left field? Dusty loves veterans. Yeah. If Dusty gets McCutcheon and says veterans. he can play... Dusty would put McCutcheon in left field more than Joel. Did y'all outvote me two to one? Yep. Yeah, we All just right. did. Andrew we, McCutcheon. we added him to the list. Yeah. Andrew McCutcheon is now on the Killer B trade target list we'll for the Houston number. Astros. Uh, we'll, we'll do some more of these a little bit later on in the show. Who else do we need to add? Who do we need to take off? Where do we go wrong? 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Let's pick three teams from the NFL that didn't make the playoffs last year that will make the playoffs this year. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com. Oh, no. Why are the brakes out? Because I cut the brakes! Wild card, bitches! Yeah! Welcome back, Houston. These guys missed you over the last break. It's the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Six seven six one of the Astros trade for a pitcher at the deadline. Starting pitcher. My faith in this team is renewed. Otherwise, write these guys off as World Series contenders. That seems a little harsh. 
Triple, it is. That's, that's too harsh. Triple zero two. Uh, did you talk about Marcelo Zuna? Braves aren't getting they're rid of Ozuna. They're not getting rid of him. Ozuna's as much been, as they've hated yeah. him in the past, he's a, he's a big part of what they're doing. Astros should have traded for him in the offseason, actually. Because you could have got him on the you cheap. You could have got him on the cheap in the offseason, and, you know, you didn't get Brantley back. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. <laughs> Let's go out to the HRP listener line. Travis, you're in the hive of the Killer Bees. What's going on, Travis? Hey, gentlemen. I, I heard that you guys were going to pick a... Uh, a, play, a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, and, and you think that their nephew and I do that every year. We play. Uh, he picks a team, I pick a team, and uh, twenty bucks per win. So oh, uh, I dang. actually had the Chargers. I, yeah, I had the Chargers last year, and he had the Dolphins. I think he owed me forty bucks. How old's your nephew? <laughs> I hope he's like. I, I hope 20, he's of age. Twenty-three, twenty-three. Oh, ripping off your seven-year-old nephew. Yeah, I hope he's got some kind of side <laughs> job that's bringing in some cake. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm actually thinking Detroit's going to have a great year this year. I think they're uh, with uh, Green Bay uncertain. Oh, we lost you there a little bit. We got, we got it. We got it. He's going to go with Detroit. It's funny that you and your nephew do this because I call Blinkers my nephew all the time. I think, I think the Lions are. <laughs> I think the Lions are a great one. I love Benny Johnson. You know this. Mm-hmm. I love Benny Johnson. I think that that division has gotten weaker now that Aaron Rodgers has left that division. I think Joe George is de- delusional and disillusional. Uh, whenever you talk about the Bears as being a contender in the NFC North, I don't. I see. I think the Vikings are still a top two team in that division, but I don't think they're going to win thirteen games. They added Jameer Gibbs. Their young players have gotten a year older now. Jamison Williams got popped six games. Going to have to miss six games because of the gambling suspension. I'm bull on the Lions, too. They're one of my three teams that I have making the playoffs that did not make the playoffs a year ago. Totally agree. And this adds to the fact that, look, I don't believe in the Packers at all, and I've told you guys this, simply put, because of Jordan Love and Jordan Love only. And and so I would love to be a homer and say they're going to win the division. They're not. But I think it's going to come down to the Vikings and the Lions because it's certainly not going to be the Bears. And I'm going to absolutely wallow in just all the enjoyment of telling Joe George over and over what a stupid bet he made and that the Bears aren't going to win the division. But I truly think the Lions are now, honestly, for the first time that I can remember since, I, you know, since I've been alive, maybe, that the Lions are on the, on the way up. And this isn't a one-and-done situation like last year. They're going to continue to get better and better. Do I think it's all Dan Campbell like a lot of people do? No, but I think they're being extremely smart in the way they draft, in the way they develop players in the way they go out and add players, and I think that they're on the rise, and this is another step for them. They will make the playoffs this year. So we have the Lions on our list. Do the Bears make your list? Yeah, the Bears Joe make George? my list. One of course of, they make my they, list. You have to make them. They have to but make like, your list. I also just think that Justin's going to be better, and they added a ton of pieces. They added two really good linebackers. They added a, good, a really good running back. They replaced David Montgomery very easily, I think, with Roshan Johnson and what they already have in the room. You, said, it, you think Roshan Johnson's their best running back? I think by the end of the season, he will be. I don't think right away. It's interesting you say they have a good running back, because I don't think the Bears have a top 20 running back. But they have a 1,000-yard rusher from last year. You think Deontay Foreman's a top 20 running back? I don't know. I think I think they have like a, like their know. room makes a good running back. I don't I don't hate their room. Like that's why I think Roshan by the end because I really liked Roshan when he was at UT. He's going to be interesting to me, like how he, he develops he into the NFL. He didn't catch a lot in college. They didn't throw to him though. So it's like I don't really know. Yeah, they never threw to him. So it's like I don't know how, what that part of his game is. Uh-huh. Like I just think they're going to be better this year. Don't so, yeah, you I had added a receiver too. Yeah, DJ Moore. Yeah. Like I mean, and I don't count Claypool. He sucks. Can Justin Fields throw a football to DJ Moore though? I actually think that's the only thing. 
I think he, don't you think he can throw a deep ball to him? The one thing, I'm, the two things I'm confident in Justin Fields is he can throw the deep ball to DJ Moore and he can run. It, that's not the issue. It's no. if they're going to make the playoffs, if they're going to be as good as I think they're going to be, he has to do the easy stuff. How good your line going to be? Better. I don't know if that's good enough. Though. They got a new right guard. They got a new right tackle. See, I think they're going to be better. I think the Bears are going to be better. I think I, I kind of view the Bears kind of like the are Texans. They 500 do you have better? any AFC? No. Do you have any AFC no. teams? I put one of them in here. I don't have any. My it was three, difficult for me to put an AFC team in here because I mean the AFC is tough. My three are the Lions, the Bears, and then the Saints. So we all have the Lions. I had the Saints as well. The Saints were my second Saints NFC for me team. As well, I yep. think they're going to win the division. Is, I, think I, I, I also division. think they're going to. Is win Cleveland the your other team? No, but I was debating Cleveland with the team that I did pick. Who did? Who's your third team? Is you're talking about non-playoff team? Yeah, Jets didn't make the playoffs last year. That's my third team That's too. My Jets. See, I'm going with the Hard Knocks Jets to be my third team that missed the playoffs last year that will make the playoffs this year. But I was considering the Browns. I was down to the Jets. Browns. What's interesting is, like, is there a scenario? Where both of those teams make the playoffs? Yes, there is. I don't. I kind of don't think so. I think, I think so. it's one or the other. I think there's a scenario where they both do. I think that as maybe much the as Browns could win the division. Cincy uh, and Baltimore. Yeah, see, like, I don't think yeah, the Browns not, are better than Cincy, but I think the Browns can be better than Baltimore. I do too. The hardest part is who, who's the team out? Is it Miami? I think Miami. Health sure. is a big factor. Who is hurt? Okay. I think Baltimore's in play here, but the Chargers. Yeah, I Brandon think, Staley's I think still there. Baltimore's definitely in play. And I think the, the Dolphins are one injury away from exactly what happened a year ago. No matter how hot a start they can get off to, they can absolutely capsize. And so I think they're vulnerable. But I think Is that, Mike White good enough to no. still that's be good saying. for them? No, no, that's what I'm saying. So if Tua gets hurt and he's out for any significant time, they're done. Like he, he Mike White almost he might has be a, done. Mike White has yeah, a and he might be done playoffs. too. Like Mike White played solid last year for the Jets. He did. I, did. Test- I don't disagree. That's with a that. testament for the Jets. You're, no, know, you're selling like, my point. Our if, point. If if he is the quarterback, if Tua gets hurt, like, and he has Tyreek and Waddle, like, can they get by? I don't think so. I, I think they might be. I able think they to. could flirt with five hundred. I don't think that they're a playoff. Yeah, team. It, I guess it depends on how early Tua got hurt and for how long. The AFC is so stupid. It's like, so good. It's the, so it really hard. Is. All of these arguments that we're going to have, like with these type of conversations heading into training camp, heading into the NFL season, the blanket statement is always going to be the AFC is stupid. Like it's the, it's stupid. The AFC now is what the Western Conference in basketball was for years, where it's just a gauntlet of of better-than-average teams and some really, really, really good teams. I think the Patriots are going to be better than they were last year. I do, too, do because I think, they got a, I don't yeah. want to say a real, but no, close see, to a real offense. That is a real offense yeah. coordinator. I mean, based on what they had last I, year. I think there's a real argument. I have a lot argument, of personal like, disdain for Bill O'Brien. Me, too. I think there's an argument in the NFC that you could choose pretty much everyone besides Arizona. Yep, that's my list of teams that didn't make the playoffs that last could. year. That could. Because yeah. you can pick the entire NFC South. Because I like New Orleans, but like if if Desmond Ritter is average with Bijan Robinson, and Kyle Pitts, yep. and like they could win that division, the Panthers could win that division. Man, that's open. Like, I mean, they finished one game back. Yeah, I don't last think year. the Panthers will because again we got another rookie quarterback in his first year, and I just don't expect anything. Yeah, I mean, they, and they lost. They literally lost their number one wide receiver and number one running back to the Bears. Like <laughs> they've now they have Miles Sanders, who I like a lot. I think he's going to be really interesting with Bryce Young, and then in the West, like. 
You still have Matt Stafford and yeah, Cooper they might, Cup. They could be really bad, though. They could be really bad. I think like, the Rams are like are like boomer bust. The Rams yeah. could be really good, or they could they're absolutely gonna, suck. They're going to make the playoffs, or they're going to win five games That's again. Right. I, 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 agree I with think you. their hope is that they're going to get Caleb Williams to walk across the street with the number one pick. Yeah, but haven't they given up all their draft picks? I don't think no. That they, they have can. them back next year. I don't think they're worst team in the NFL. Bad though. No, because it's no, the Cardinals. No. Yeah, I don't think they're worst team in the NFL. Bad. I wonder how much they like Stetson Bennett too. Like, I wonder if they view Stetson Bennett as a potential starter in three years. That would be wild. Whenever he's 48 years old. (laughs) He's going to be a three-year starter in the NFL in his late 30s. Arizona's bad, period. But then Arizona is not going to have Kyler Murray until, like, what, week 10, week 8? So if yeah. not later, and like they at could some point, him too, I think. I think. Well, I think if they're really bad going into the week, he's possibly ready to play. They'll they'll find some way to keep him out. The bad teams in the AFC, though, from a year ago, like these teams had losing records last year. The Patriots, who I think are a better team, they might not have Agreed. as many wins, but they're a better team. The Jets were seven and ten last year. They added Rodgers. Kenny Pickett as a rookie won nine games in Pittsburgh. Like that team should be better. Oh, I don't know if it translates their, to more wins. Did they improve their weapons? Their weapons are good. I think their weapons and their offensive line, I don't think they've been as good as expected. I mean, you, know, you got George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Like that, Pickens that's is good. Pretty You're right. Legit, and, right. And they added a couple pieces to their old line. They, they drafted they Darnell to. Washington to be the backup tight end for, Harris, Dar- for uh, Fryermuth. Not all on Harris but because the offensive line hasn't been great. Yeah. But from where they took him, what they expected from yeah, him, I, I think he's one. been a disappointment. But, like, I don't think they're a playoff team. But, like, again, they finished – Above 500 last year with a rookie quarterback. Like, that is a competitive team. The Browns had seven wins last year. They're a competitive team. The AFC South is, I think, where you get victories, quite honestly. Like, I think the AFC is going to beat up on the AFC South. Like, I don't think Tennessee's a playoff team. The Colts, I expect to be better. Like, I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. Year one with Anthony Richardson. I don't think the Texans will be a playoff team. I think the Raiders should be better, right? Shouldn't the Raiders be better than 6-11? and 11? They should be. I See, I go back to the South for a moment. It should be a cakewalk for the Jags to win the division, mm-hmm. but I do think that there's enough still there in Tennessee that they could flirt with a wild card. It, it, it's all on Tannehill's shoulders and, and to some degree Henry, but I still think you'll get something out of Henry. I don't know if you'll get anything out of Tannehill, but if they do because of the division and because of the fact that their defense is still pretty good, I think they could. See, I, I don't think there's a chance that an AFC South team could be a wild card. I don't think there's any chance. I think the Raiders, I would disagree. I think they're going to be much worse this year. Okay. Much worse with Jimmy G and... Because is Jimmy G going to be there? Like, he's got this foot thing that we don't really know what's going on. I think that that's been blown out of that's proportion by Mike They have, Florio. to me, the worst coach in the NFL. Uh, and call plays. Pretty Josh bad. Jacobs hasn't signed his franchise tag. And they could be likely, bad. And he might not. They could be the worst team in the AFC. Yeah. There's, there's they a got scenario rid of and in that theory, you just drew Den- out. Denver win, should though. be better. Waller's overrated. Waller's money's overrated, and then but Denver Waller too. was good for them. He's always hurt, though. Yeah. Denver like And Denver should be better. They sh- in theory. <laughs> they won five games last year with a joke of well, a head coach they fired can, in a year. get Russell Wilson what, right, I would think it'd be Sean Payton. The AFC is stupid. <laughs> it, is, it is the SEC. It is ridiculous. Yep. Uh, 713-780-ESPN. Which NFL team missed the playoffs last year you think will make the playoffs this year? 713-780-3776. Why the face Wednesday? Let's see what Joe George is going to do with our faces when we return. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5, the only Houston sports station with a bidet. And uh, the bidet, is it in good working order, the, uh, the bidet? Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. 
Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the face? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the face? With the Killer Bees. All right, why the face Wednesday? What you got for us, Joe George? Why are we making faces today? Uh, Bob Huggins says he didn't resign. He didn't. I don't understand. He, he resigned. You got you to gotta, you gotta send a legal notice saying that you resigned. So, uh, so, he didn't do that. So he's Pay trying to his get money. his job back on a Pay technicality. the man his money. Yeah, no. Scumbags don't deserve their money. No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm I don't a, think Huggy I'm a Bear is a scumbag. Yeah, I'm a I Huggy mean, Bear guy. You know, racial slurs and DUIs. It was an accident. Both things. There were accidents. I mean... The racial, oh, not racial slur. It was a gay slur. He was on with John and Lance. He was framed in a radio interview, and he yeah, was very friendly. Deep fake. It was the eventually second, his second to last interview before he got canceled. Yeah, he was, was with John and Lance. I mean, he was eventually a very warmed up and friendly guy. He didn't start out that way. He looks like a very grumpy bear, but Huggy Bear. I mean, I think for he's a Hall of Fame career. But I think it is kind of bush league that you're trying to go back on it now. Probably all for the money. Oh, for sure. It's yeah, a he legal definitely. Tactic. Yeah, he definitely got told by his lawyers after, like, dude, you shouldn't have resigned. He like didn't that. resign, but he did. He put his resignation. He just didn't legally do it. Didn't legally do it. There you go. But you gotta, Mike, you gotta legally do things. Give him his money. He deserves it. It's the greatest basketball coach in West Virginia history. It's college basketball coach icon. Pay him his money. Full Who, court who's press. taking over? Mike D'Antoni? Long term? Just some assistant. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni lives right. in... I know, that it's the temporary. D'Antoni would be interesting. D'Antoni in lives in West Virginia. He lives right there by the university. Didn't he go to Marshall? I think his brother coached at Marshall. He, his brother coached at Marshall. I think, I think he, his brother think he, coaches at Marshall. Yeah. I think he played at Marshall. Mike D'Antoni. I'm pretty is sure Mike, he played at Marshall. Mike D'Antoni's brother. Is it Joe? I think it might be Dan. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is Dan. Uh, I, but D'Antoni lives... Uh, Dan D'Antoni. What an unfortunate name. Where's... Um, <laughs> yeah, he's still the head coach at Marshall. Dan is. Is it Dan? Dan yeah. D'Antoni. You th- That's a tough name. <laughs> Dan like if you're, if you're, a, if you're a parent... Like, <laughs> Dan are you Dan a, Van. Are you a bad parent if yeah. you name your kid Dan D'Antoni? The Dan answer Tony? is yes. Yes. Dan D'Antoni. <laughs> like, you're... Dan Dan. Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Mike played at, at Marshall. Legend. That wouldn't be a bad... Eh. He lives right by the university. He's always around. What, what, were, what, what was it that the Texans had their training camp for two years? Greenbrier. The Greenbrier. D'Antoni lives on the Greenbrier. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they say the Greenbrier is like an out-of-world experience with all the stuff that they have and they offer there and that you can do. But I think D'Antoni might be a guy that might be interested in prolonging his career. I don't know if I'm hiring D'Antoni to be a college basketball coach, though. Because right, he's only doing it to collect a check. Like he's in, not going to get into NIL. He's not going to love no. recruiting. Like the NBA coaches that have come down to coach, to be head coaches in college, they don't have a great history of success. Like Dunleavy did it at Tulane and was not good. Who else am I missing out on? Like Calipari doesn't count. Like Calipari was a college guy, yes. NBA guy, college guy. Patino was a college guy, NBA guy, college guy. I'm talking guys who've been NBA their entire life and then coach college. Mike Woodson. Mike Woodson. How's that been? It's been pretty good for Indiana. See, I don't know about that. I think it's better than it they've had there. That's the thing. It's he's like, been an upgrade. He's better than but Tom think, Crane. Yeah, but I don't know if he's like winning at the level that they want him to win at. It's, it's Indiana. He had a couple of prospects that were yeah, what do you the, mean by that, that were drafted. Once people, once like the age of kids care about where they live. And they don't really care about like a history of a program. 
a place like Indiana is tough. Yeah. Like, that program means nothing to everyone being recruited. Like, you can't live on that stuff anymore. Yeah, I mean, look at they went to the round of 32 last year. They were eliminated in the first round the year before. Like, that's not good enough at Indiana. Woodson, I, I think Indiana's fallen off a lot. It's kind of like Nebraska it might be, football. It might be Joe's. I mean, you, you could be right. Yeah. But they don't think that. <laughs> the Hoosiers don't think that. I mean, they don't the think that in, in Bloomington. King and, yeah. Look, I mean, Woodson, 21 and 14, 9 and 11 in the Big Ten, out in the first round. Next year, 23 and 12, 12 and 8 in the Big Ten, out in the second round. That's not good enough for Indiana fans. That's true. I think it is better than Crean. I think yeah. we're. I think both things are true. I think both things are correct here. Um, yeah, I don't think. I don't think. I don't think D'Antoni would be a good college coach. I don't think he would either. But I think that they'll they'll look at him as a name that they got, and I, he'd look at it as another paycheck he could get. Maybe I don't know, man. I'm, I'm curious if West Virginia would think, even be interested in that. I think Jeff Van Gundy would dip his toe in the college water if he really wants to get back into coaching. See, I think he, he would struggle to. with the recruiting in the NIL. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. I think he would struggle a lot with that. Exactly what I said about uh, D'Antoni, only the fact that on top of it, Van Gundy has raked in money to where he loves Houston. He loves living here now. He's adopted it as his home. And you would have to make a really, really stunningly good deal for him to take it because he doesn't want to deal with all the BS. And I think he'd want to deal with the right school. Like, he'll coach USA basketball, and he'll even coach the 19 and unders or 18 and unders and all that other stuff. Because it's just a temporary gig. He can still live in Houston. USA Basketball throws money at him, and, and they you know do everything first class. He doesn't have to deal with all the BS, the recruiting and the NIL and the you know the boosters this, take care of that, because he hates all of that. Mm-hmm. Someone said, I would love to see Coach K try out the NBA. Nope. Not now. I would have. No, Wait. he didn't mean now. He meant like in his career. I oh. would have liked it too. Remember when he was close to going to the Lakers? Kobe wanted to re- it. He was yeah. to replace Rudy T, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, Kobe Kobe basically behind the scenes was pushing Rudy out. I don't think it would have worked. And I don't think it would have either. I, and Kobe said if he would have went, went to college, he would have played for Coach K at Duke. So there's always been like a love affair between those two guys. And Kobe wanted Coach K. I, I completely agree with you. I said this about NFL coaches, and I'll say the same about NBA because I've seen it. College coaches making the transition to the NBA very rarely work. Like Brad Stevens worked for a short period of time. Yeah. But then when you realize you don't have the upper hand with your players like you do in college, it's a different story. Yeah, it takes the right mindset. All right, what else we got here, Joe George? So obviously Pat Fitzgerald got fired. It's an interesting situation. Uh, this story is uh, weird. I know somebody who went to Northwestern, played for him. Yeah. Says yeah, yeah that stuff happened. It's not that I, ha- I don't have an he issue. He didn't know about all of it, yeah. but he definitely saw some. Of it. Like he didn't know what the ramifications were, but he gave the signal at practice for the guys that screwed up. What I was told is that this guy played at Northwestern. He said he saw a lot of it, not all of it, saw saw a lot of it, and that there was no doubt that that Fitz knew it was going on. I, I, I got to believe if it's in your program like that. You have to know. Well, the reports are is that like during practice, he would basically raise his hand above his head. That's what I'm saying. There was a signal. Yeah. And, and then the Shrek whatevers would put that guy on the list to do whatever they were going to do. And plus, the, the whiteboard was in the locker room. Yeah. So, like, to me, why this is on this list is actually more about just like how they got from Friday to Monday doesn't really make sense to me. They do a seven month investigation. On Friday, they try to do a news dump, 4th of July weekend, suspend them for two weeks with no reasoning. They're a private institution. So they don't have to release the findings. The, like they're not. But they said it the, the first time that there wasn't enough to yeah. discipline it. But then, you know, the the Daily Northwestern, the student newspaper, gets the main guy to tell the story about what's going on. And then they fire him on Monday. Like it's actually I'm just confused on 
why he wasn't fired right away because it clearly seems like he should have been. I think they were trying to keep him. I think they liked him. They yeah. wanted him to be their head coach. Oh, people love him there. And, and he was 1-11 last year. Yeah. But the crazy thing to me is it's, I equate this to, like, the Astros with A.J. Hinch or anybody that said they didn't know what was going on. Like, if you are in command of the entire program, even Joe Paterno, you, don't, you might not know every elaborate detail and incident, but you have to know what's going on. Yeah, I think that sometimes coaches don't know everything. Right. I think sometimes they do. Like, they don't know to the extent of what the hazing is, but they know that these guys, because they weren't doing, you know, they know, and they can use it as a coaching tool and go, hey, if you screw up at practice, you don't want to go to that, whatever yeah. they do. I mean, I'm sure that there's been hazing some places where the head coach was unaware of. Like, I certainly think that's possible. I don't think that's the case here. Here, this might be hot takey. I always thought something was weird that Pat Fitzgerald never left there. The fact that he, he stayed had there, he was, a, he was yeah. running for the Packers job and a couple he years ago. Stayed at Northwestern. Like it, it always struck me really weird that this dude never left Northwestern. Like he's at Northwestern, but he interviews to be the Packers head coach when Lafleur gets the job. Right. He's reportedly their top candidate. The following year, he's the top candidate, or two years later, he's the top candidate to be the Bears head coach when they hire Eberflus. Yeah, but he's just staying at Northwestern it's the whole weird. time. It's weird to me. Like, that, why aren't like how aren't you at Notre Dame? How aren't you at Illinois? How aren't you at they Wisconsin? Treat, because they treated him like a god. Is I was going to say, is my guess. it's like the ultimate job security. Like you can do what you do regardless of your record because it's a tough place to play because all the the educational requirements and everything else. You found a way to win more than you've lost. You played here. You coached here. You have the ultimate golden ticket unless you do something like this. Yeah, what, I mean, what does I, he do next? I think he ends Broadcast. up in the NFL. I think so too. I think you. I think he's a. I think he's an assistant, positional coach assistant somewhere in the NFL. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, well, I you know like, who did that after. I don't think you can hire him as a broadcaster after this. No. Urban Meyer's got his jobs. What did Urban and he Meyer got do? His job back. What did he? He didn't have hazing though. He kicked a kicker. Yeah, he kicked an NFL. Yeah, he kicker. was he fanny a professional pinching. kicker. He was fanny pinching and taking a private jet from a road trip from a game. That's not as bad as hazing. I didn't say it was as bad. I'm not comparing apples to apples here, but I'm saying Fox should have never hired him back, and they did. Fox would could hire Pat. I don't think so. I, I think, mean, like, I think he's unhireable as a as a as a as a oh, come on, man. TV if, guy. If, if Bryles is kid, and even Bryles could get jobs, but he's not as a broadcaster. But Bryles they wouldn't hire him as a broadcaster. But Bryles is also coaching football, like in Italy. Art is and high school. Kendall now, Bryles is the OC yeah, at TCU OC now. Yeah, yeah, Kendall has a real job. Yeah, but they wouldn't hire him for TV. There's no way they're hiring Art or Kendall Bryles for television. No, but I think Fitzgerald. Could possibly do it. I wouldn't be totally shocked if somehow, like, if if this information doesn't ever come out, like if Northwestern doesn't release the full findings, then they can sl- he can slant this as a yeah. If he walks away without any story. kind of conviction or or uh, complete guilt, I think he'll definitely he, he'll have an option to do it. I, think I don't think he will. In in the NFL. I don't think he will in college. But, but like, I do I'll tend be honest, to agree like, with you that he'll get a pro coaching job because Bruce. Uh, uh, I mean, um, Bielema. With all the way he screwed over Wisconsin, and then he screwed up on multiple occasions, and the Patriots took him right away and put him on their coaching staff and found a way to give him a job. I think yeah. a, an NFL team will put him on a staff. NFL, yes, but you can't be a college and hire a guy with a hazing. He'll probably, get, I mean, he'll probably get a show cause. Yeah, I don't think I don't think there's going to be a college that ever hires him. I mean, like I I worked there. I worked at Northwestern for two years as a PA announcer, and I covered Northwestern football and basketball, and like I didn't enjoy interacting with Pat Fitzgerald. Did you hear about the baseball side of it, too? Yeah, Park. I saw Danny Parkins broke that. And then the, it was... there was Coach a, is part of it, right? The like, baseball like, coach? I think he was, like, instrumental in it. Like, yeah, bullying. He, and, he could lose his job, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like if he bullying. hasn't already. If, if, if I told you that the Big Ten was going to kick Northwestern out of the Big Ten, would anybody care aside from Northwestern fans? Nope. I don't think they anyone would care. They should just kick them out. Care. They should just kick Northwestern out of the Big Ten. 
There's people who think that, like, who covered Northwestern, went to Northwestern, who think they should just disband the football team. There you go. Let's kick Northwestern well, out of the Big honest Ten. Honest question. How do, you, how do you fire your coach for all this hazing, but the assistant coaches still have their jobs, yeah. and the players who participate in the hazing the most are still on the team? It's weird. Like it, it doesn't re- like that doesn't really, really make acceptable. sense, right? <laughs> there has to be more of a cleansing that's going to continue to go on with more kind of clearing house. Yeah, like those players they haven't be made any off indication. The they, they, think it, they think this is a one and done. We we cut off the head of the snake. It's all going to stop. I think it's going to get bigger than this because I kick I, him out of the Big Ten. I, I think I'm the biggest that. fallout you'll see is, and I, I'm drawing a blank on the conference, but the I think it's the commissioner of the ACC was the athletic director at Northwestern for a while. Huh. And I wonder how much, how far back this Pat Fitzgerald stuff goes. Can you have someone that allowed that to happen be the commissioner of a conference? My answer would be no. It'll be tough. I, can the ACC let someone that like allowed something like this to happen at their program? Depends on how how far removed he is. Can he like wash his hands no, a bit? You're right. I didn't it's, know it was it's going complicated. on. Did you kick out Rutgers in Maryland too? That was such a weird ad. That'd yeah, be let's so kick them great. Out. Let's just let's just do a relegation, promotion, yeah. demotion in college. Relegation athletics. in college football would be perfect. Yeah, it'd be great. Would be kick the those best three thing out, do. and then Penn State's really far away, but they so can is go UCLA and USA. So you see. All right, that does it for Why the Face Wednesday. Are the Rockets like the Grizzlies? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5.com, tiger-friendly radio. He would take a picture of Carol and take her head and put it on the body of a man in a diaper. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham. Are the Rockets like the Grizzlies? Dylan Brooks... Former Grizzly. Dylan Brooks, current Houston Rockets, says he sees similarities between the Rockets and the Grizzlies. Here is Dylan Brooks with the Rockets comp with with Memphis, courtesy of Jackson Gatlin. It's like almost the exact same team from three, four years ago. Kind of have the same type of players. Um, Jalen Green, like John Moran. Um, Jabari is like Aaron, you know, these young guys that can um, expand their games and be one of the best or the best in the league. So um, I feel like around, you know, those two guys, it's almost the same type of deal. All right, same type of build. Memphis Grizzlies, Houston Rockets. Now they've added Dylan Brooks from the Grizzlies to the Rockets. Memphis, a couple of years ago, they had three straight 30 win seasons, 33, 34, 38. Last two years. 56 and 26, lost in the Western Conference semis this past year, 51 31, lost in the first round. Do you see similarities between the Grizzlies build and what the Rockets are doing? Well, my first question is who's John Morant? He said Jalen. Yeah, and I don't think so. I, I don't think that there's the same kind of progress that John Morant made almost instantly that you've seen out of Jalen Green. Now, that's not to say that Jalen Green can't turn into a, a really good player. But I think the one kind of apples to oranges for me is you don't have a guy that's just glaringly standing out as going, that's a superstar in the making. Take all the guns in the sideshow away from it and just say on the court, I think that John Morant is at another level. Now, if Jalen Green turns into that, then we can have this conversation kind of more in depth because I do think that the other pieces, as long as you have one main go-to kind of guy that can kind of carry the, the, the team on his shoulders from time to time, I think it's it, it, there's some similarities. But until we figure out who's Ja, 
I think that there's still a lot to sort through with with the players you have on this roster. I think that Udoka is going to help immensely, and I think we're going to get a clearer picture after this season of kind of like the big picture of who each of these individuals can become. Let me devil's advocate it. Yep. Ja, I agree with you that no, that no one jumps out the pay off the page like a John Morant. John Morant jumps off the page. There has not been a Houston Rocket that has done that. John Morant first two years in the NBA averaged eighteen and a half points per game, shot thirty two percent from three. Jalen Green first two years of the NBA has averaged nearly twenty points per game, has shot thirty four percent from three. From a scoring impact, their first two years in the NBA, Jalen Green's a better scorer. That's fine. I just think overall the way Ja impacts a game, defensively, you know, steals, uh, offensively the way he shares the basketball, the way he distributed the basketball, the way he got others involved, I think that's where I think the maturation process and the evaluation is still ongoing with Jalen Green. There's no doubt. I'm not taking away anything from Jalen Green's scoring abilities. He can score the basketball. Can he shoot the ball consistently? Can he do these other things that I'm talking about? Those are the things that are going to kind of really make this discussion more interesting. Because otherwise, I like just first glance. And as you look at the talent that's and the possibilities of what you have on this roster, like it a lot. But that's why, again, I go back. I think Udoka's first year here is going to help not only clearly define him, but it's going to more clearly define who these players on your roster currently are and who they can be. Yeah, I don't. I don't think Jalen's as good as Jaw for the record. First two years, I mean, he scored more points than Jaw did, but Jaw, like you mentioned, way more assists than Jalen Green. Everything else is about the same. Like rebounding's about the same, uh, steals right about the same. Uh, Jaw has a little bit more blocks. Like I mean, they're guards. Who cares about that? On ball defense, I'll give you Jaw over Jalen. I think that that's fair. I look at it more from. And a lot of like a lot of people want to make the player for player comparison because right. that's like, fun. Who's your things Jaren like that. Jackson? Well, yeah. I, think, I think Jabari could be similar to him. He doesn't have the same physical height and reach, but I think he's close enough and he likes to defend enough that he could be a guy that you could really count on in that role. Yep. I care more about the win total for the team because Memphis 2017-18 season finished with a 22 and 60 record. Houston Rockets have done that. I think the Houston Rockets have more talent on their 22 and 60 team than the Memphis Grizzlies had on their 22 and 60 team because they added John Morant later. But they went from 22 wins to 33 to 34 to 38 to 56 to 51. I think that the Rockets can have that kind of plight in their franchise, in their organization. Yep. Now, next year is not that. Nope. Next year, they're not winning 50 games. But I think that they could – I said the other What'd day, say, I think that they could start 30, 40. three their second year, Memphis? They were 33 and 49. I still think that was before John Moran because John Moran's been in the league for four years. So, like, one, two, three, four. So, they won 22 two years before Jaw. They won 33 a year before Jaw. And then Jaw's rookie year, they had 34 wins. Second year, 38. Third year, 56. Fourth year, 51. So, I think that it could, I think when you, instead of just going the individual per individual comparisons, if you just go team, uh huh. I think that's in the realm. I think that, you know, we talked about the over-under being 36.5 for their wins this year. I said under, you said over, but I think that we both said it was going to be kind of pretty close to that. Yep. So if that's year that that's the next year of this team, and then you say from there they jump to being a 40-win team or a playoff caliber team, yes. If Do they jump to 50? No, absolutely no. I, I don't think so. I think they can in three years. Like but if, maybe in three years. Like if you split the difference between where, you're, where we were at, you were at 35, I was at 40. Let's call it 37 wins. Then the year after that, now you're above a 500 record, let's say 43, 44 wins. That third year right. is like where you should be flirting with 50 you wins. Better, you actually Honestly, better be. 
Exactly. I think you better be. Like, this has been an, a rebuild. You've traded James Harden. You elected to go the draft pick routes, the pick swaps. Uh, all that you have done has been to build a young core and now to supplement a young core with some veterans that are going to help the young core. Same thing with hiring Ime Adoka. I think if you're, I think if you're falling short of 50 wins in three years, I, I think that you could call this, like, where you're at in the rebuild a failure. That's where say, you should be in three years. It, it's disappointing. If the reason that I stopped short on failure is because if you win 47 games in three years, but then that next year you make a jump at 58 and you're an NBA championship contender, we won't care that much. No, and I think progression is the biggest key, right? I mean, I think if we go from 22 to 30-some this year to 40-some the next year, even if you don't get to 50 that following year, but you still see the development of players and the advancement of the pro- the process because the system works, the coaching's working, the players are getting better – then I think it's on the right trajectory to keep going that route and sticking with your coach at least and, and, and going forward. But it also depends on can you keep that, how can you keep that going in a positive direction? Is it just with the players you have and the system? Are you going to rely on draft picks that either aren't going to be there or are only going to be there if you still suck? Uh, you have to, you know, do you have the money still to add a key free agent here or there that kind of can take you another half step up. Those are key questions that still have to be answered. Yeah. And, I mean, just the development of young players, too. I think that's the most important thing. Like, if this team's going sure, to absolutely it is. if this team's going to be 40 wins next year or 37, if they're going to be above 400 in two years, if they're going to be at 50 wins in three years, the, the nucleus of the young players is the most important thing that's going to get you there. And the key to it is the fact that you almost gave away the first year of these guys' careers, mm-hmm. right? Because they didn't get any development. They didn't get the coaching. They didn't get the kind of expansion of their skill set. Now you're hoping that on a crash course with a new coaching staff that those things can happen, whether in your first year, second year, third year. Now, yeah, I'm with you on that. 713-780-3776. We're putting together our Killer B Astros wish list for the trade deadline for Dana Brown ahead of August 1st. We're going to write a letter, send it to Minute Maid, and have Dana Brown work on it. We'll wrap it up next. There's a few teams, a few interesting names. See if you like them or not. Let us know. 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Watch out, door. One year ago, we knocked on the door. This year, we beat on the door. Next year, we're going to kick the son of a in. 